Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. I can't believe we are already kind of at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, and with the holidays coming up and our big end of year top 10 stuff happen- happening soon, uh, this is going to be the last time we have to talk about a lot of the shows we've been watching and we're kind of not going to have time for a season preview so it's strange times once again here uh, for the podcast but it does give us a lot of anime to talk about so I think we're going to just go right into it after we introduce everybody I uh, I'm Jell I'm joined as always by Iroh I'm still here I'm not dead yet still with us we're joined by G. How's everybody doing? Well, welcome back. <laughs> yes, it's good to be back. I uh, uh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't keep a good G down. I, I saw it took a. It takes two other. Uh, it takes two other members of the Glory <laughs> Chat to replace me. <laughs> for, for the record, G, I had nothing derogatory to say about you. Uh, in your absence, I did but... listen to last. I did listen to the previous podcast. Uh, I think you guys did a uh, an able job of covering uh, <laughs> the anime uh-huh. of the season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're joined once again by Artemis. Hey, who knew I would be back so soon? Yeah, I think this is another first uh, first time you've been on two consecutive episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That is just how the uh, scheduling has been working out lately. So thank you for being on again. Sure thing. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of anime to talk about. So Why do we? Uh, as I mentioned, we're not going to have time to do a full preview show. So, but I did want to mention a couple of notable glorio favorite things that are coming <laughs> up and you know most importantly high card season two. Mm. Oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> of course yeah. Uh-huh. i know we're all uh-huh. really excited for that um no seriously though uh what i really meant to say is uh Cinduality noir season two <sighs> what are you talking about there was no Cinduality noir season Man, two it, ex- it, it ended in episode 13 <laughs> You guys are really excited to watch that, I'm sure, right? Uh, no. Anyway, okay. Joking, I could probably do this with like a half a dozen other shows, but mm-hmm. Dude, there's a what, lot of like rough looking stuff for the next season. Yeah. What what we uh what we really want to talk about is uh Glorio uh manga favorite uh Dungeon Meshi. The anime is happening next season. Yeah. Uh Notably being animated by Trigger. Uh, it I know, didn't they show the first episode at like Anime Expo or something? Did that ever yeah. get out? I, I believe that is what happened, yes. So so there are some like early reviews, so, so to speak, of, of like the first episode of Dungeon Meshi. Yeah, and I think in but, Japan uh, they were they're doing some sort of preview roadshow where you can see right, the first three like, episodes in theaters right, or they're doing like a theatric preview yeah mm-hmm. are, are um, those actually available floating around yet or that's just not online? i don't believe no, so no yeah i, I mean there'd be no way to purely 
record those, right? So, yes. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah. Dungeon yeah. Why don't you guys Meshi. explain what that is, what Dungeon Meshi is? Sure. So, so uh, Dungeon Meshi is an anime. Ad- it's an an adaptation of, uh, I guess you could say, a fantasy comedy manga by Ryoko Kui. And the sort of basic premise. <clears throat> excuse me. The basic premise of Dungeon Meshi is that a group of adventurers uh, need to delve to the bottom of the dungeon to save their friend who was eaten by a dragon. Uh, The idea being that if they can reach the dragon and slay it before it has finished digesting their fellow party (laughs) member, uh, they can use, you know, classic JRPG or not not even just classic RPG resurrection magic to save her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, bereft of supplies and resources, um, they must resort to uh, hunting and feeding on the monsters that live in the dungeon. And sort of the core conceit of Dungeon Meshi is the sort of various trials and tribulations that happen to this uh, hapless group of adventurers as they, you know, both struggle with the, you know, already standard obstacles of your classic RPG dungeon, but also how to prepare and cook uh, various kind of classic fantasy monsters, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 Walking mushrooms, mermen, uh, you know, all... all, all Slimes. uh, Yes. Living armor. Yeah, yeah. Basically, all the, like, kind of greatest hits of your your classic fantasy rpg bestiary mm-hmm. uh, our heroes must find a way to cook and eat all of them <laughs> so is it like half fantasy adventure half cooking show oh yes yes, yeah. that, yes. Is, that is definitely is it is it deal. like is it, it it sounds very similar to the that was the mapper show campfire cooking in another world uh, is it um i i I know what you're talking about. That's what you're talking about. Um, right. That's, I'm not as that's like an isekai. Person. That's like a noted isekai show. Where uh, the yeah, guy, yeah. Uh, like, I, I vaguely just, remember that one. It's, so just, in, it's, it's basically yeah. just a cooking show. It's, a, it's an isekai mm-hmm. show, but it's about cooking. Yeah. And like the thing in that one is he can Amazon in like spices and stuff from Earth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, so I think just the the part of Dungeon Meshi being a pure fantasy series, Mm -hmm. I think probably makes that pretty distinct from from the from the the show you're talking about. Um, I would also say that like, I mean, Dungeon Meshi is a cooking show, but like the cooking is predicated on the adventures that they are having delving the dungeon, and right. I'd say, like, the thing about Dungeon Meshi, the thing that, like, the thing that gives it the breathless praise you will probably (laughs) see bandied about about Dungeon Meshi online is that, like, irrespective of the premise or, or the actual subject matter appearing on screen, Dungeon Meshi is just straight up one of the best written manga of, like, (laughs) the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I'm not exaggerating when I say like, Dungeon Meshi has some of the best character writing, of like, anything I've seen. Uh, uh, 
like the thing Dungeon Meshi does so well is like it is like Ryoko Kui like masterfully weaves in like both world building and like characterization into the antics and story of Dungeon Meshi in ways that feel really organic and well considered. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, a lot of the very best jokes in Dungeon Meshi, and I think it's very easy to write off comedy as just like, oh, you know, just whatever makes people laugh, but Dungeon Meshi is a really good comedy because it understands its characters really, really well. And so the best jokes occur can only occur in Dungeon Meshi because of the specific makeup of this party. You know, a, a great, you know, to, to compare it to, like, other comedies, you know, it's like, I think, like, Something like Kaguya is kind of probably similar in the in, in the sense of being like a very well written comedy because like the best jokes are grounded in the personality traits of its characters. I think that's definitely something Dungeon Meshi does really strongly. Mm-hmm. And I also think and also how they kind of like mix and match and combine the characters, right? Like Oh yeah, totally, right? Yeah. Like the thing about the party, right, is like it's a four man party and each character really like stands out on their own like they each have a really identifiable tick a gimmick so to speak and dungeon meshi just gets a ton of mileage out of just the ways in which these four characters intersect with each other and the world they exist in and you know i am not about to say dungeon meshi is a it's it gets better series but like <laughs> because i think dungeon meshi already starts very strongly as a story but the right. thing that like works so well about it, the thing that like really grabs so many of us who love the manga, is it starts off as a comedy, and stays a comedy largely all the way to the end. But the ways in which it introduces new concepts about the setting, new facets about the characters as the story progresses, just it's it's so natural that like you can't even point to a moment like there's no moment in dungeon mesh where we go ah and this is where the story truly expanded it's just 50 chapters pass and you feel like you've known these characters your entire lives and <laughs> i think uh it's it's just it's really well done and so and, and you know on some level I, I realize i'm just talking about the subject uh the 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 material of the adaptation here. And so I guess, you know, in the context of the anime, it kind of makes the, you know, the, the choice of trigger to adapt this, I think really interesting. Um, you know, watching the PVs, I would say triggers art style is not a one-to-one match for the dungeon meshi manga. Like, right. You know, it, it, like I think they are doing their best with like you know adapting the the general style, but mm-hmm. clearly Trigger is doing its own thing here, and I think that might be for the best because Dungeon Meshi's manga, the manga, has a very intricate art style. Like despite being a comedy, it has a very like Ryoko Kui does not flex as often as say you know a Kentaro Miura or <laughs> you know. Right, I mean, who but, does right? But yeah, you know. When she does, it kind of just makes you pause in a way that, like, you know, it, it is it is the, you know, it, it is the it is the comedy actor, you know, it is it is Adam Sandler right, right. showing up in uncut gems and making you go, oh, I didn't know you could do that, and that's kind of what Ryoko Kui does sometimes in the manga, and so I think Trigger kind of taking it in their own direction, you know, towards the strengths of anime. 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, is probably a, a prudent decision, but I am curious to see how that will turn out in in the long run. Yeah. I don't yeah. think of, I don't think of the comedy in Dungeon Meshi as being similar to Trigger's style of comedy either. Right? Like Right. Yeah, like when I saw the trailer, I mean they seem to be making it feel like a very high energy, silly type of trigger show, <laughs> which is <laughs> I don't know if that really matches the tone of what you guys are talking about, but um sometimes like it, it can, right? It can it's not yeah, all I, the I time. Think, I think Yeah, and I mean trailers I mean trailers but... can be a lot of times not show you mm-hmm. the whole picture too, right? So Yeah. Um who who at Trigger is directing? I guess that's also a big um, part of. So it's, um, it's someone someone relatively new, or at least new to directing. I believe it's uh, Yoshihiro uh, Miyajima, who mm-hmm. has worked on various Trigger things in the past. Uh, he, was, he was. He's done a lot of episode directing. Um, yes, that is a thing. Like he has mostly been an episode director. Uh, sort of his probably most like prominent role prior to this is he was assistant director on Dynazenon. Okay. Yeah. This is his directorial debut. Okay. And uh, you know, I'll probably just for better or worse, like I try to keep tabs on Trigger, but I I cannot remember or know the names of every single person who works there. Yeah. But, sure. uh, I will I will say this is a name I am not as familiar with as, you know, say, you know, Asushio or Akai Igarashi. But yeah. uh, well, I will say, as someone who has not read the manga, but I've heard you guys talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to it because it sounds like something that is very much in my uh, wheelhouse, <laughs> like something I would right, enjoy. Right. So, um, you know, I guess we'll see how they do the adaptation. I mean, I think we have a lot of faith in Trigger to make a good anime, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, at, we're usually thinking about them doing original material, yes. right? right. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this is Trigger's second adaptation in mm-hmm. second, yeah. right? In in the history as a, in their history as I mean, a studio, it depends right. on how so. you want to count Ninja Slayer, but you shouldn't count oh, Ninja Slayer. You, you know, you're right. No, no, it's third. You're right, third mm-hmm. adaptation. I I apologize to Ninja Slayer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, not too much more to say until it actually we actually see right. it. So, mm-hmm. uh, the other one I wanted to mention was uh, uh-huh. Sengoku Yoko. And yep. I don't know, maybe you want to explain what this one is. Uh, this is uh, Sengoku Yoko is a manga by Satoshi Mizukami, who uh, favorite. Uh, yep, yeah. who worked on Planet With and. Uh, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, which and it's infamously terrible anime adaptation. Uh, and the, the manga's hope, good, we promise. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hopefully, we won't get a repeat of that this time with a uh, Sengoku Yoko trailer. Seem, uh, if not good, then prom- like fine, yeah. which is competent, which is all I all I'm asking for at this point. Yeah, my my bar is so low. Um, it's being done by White Fox, and they, they can yeah. crank it up sometimes if they need yeah. to. So, yeah. Uh, this is essentially a, you know, feudal Japan action, supernatural action series, is what I would say, um, in the, like, vague Sengoku period, uh, where, you know, you have your samurai and your demons, and uh, 
whatnot sort of clashing together. And like many other Satoshi Mizukami works, the beginning of it is kind of generic. And then as, you know, as it progresses, his like his character writing uh, and such really comes to the forefront and, you know, brings out, the best the best uh, in his series yeah. uh, which i mean it's it's interesting that we're actually discussing these two shows together mm-hmm. i think in many ways i think there are some parallels between dungeon meshi and Sinkoku yoko in that like th- th- there is a strength to to the premises of both you know like i, I don't want to like you know I, I don't think Sinkoku yoko is necessarily generic it's just Sure. Well, I think at the doesn't, I don't. I don't. At the beginning, I don't think it has a hook in the same way right, that Dungeon right. Meshi does. Yes, yes. But but I do think at the end of the day, like the strength is like again, it's like I don't watching you know, these I keep characters. Using the word, like, right. You're right. Like I keep using the word natural and organic, and it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to like pretend that these works are necessarily like realistic. But what I do say is like, especially with Goku Yoko, it's like there's something very like. I can't think of a better word. Sorry, so I'm just going to keep using natural. Like it's just <laughs> there's a very smooth transition yeah. in so, yeah. the ways in which you learn about and then grow to care mm-hmm. about the characters in Sengoku Yoko. That's kind of what is the strength of all Mizukami works, and I think like does shine especially well in Sengoku Yoko, which yeah. is. To date, his longest work. Yes, right? I was going to say Sengoku Yoko does the sort of thing that. You see a lot in seinen manga, and not necessarily very often elsewhere. Which is, it's a story that takes place over like decade, a couple decades, right across the right. whole story. And so, you are seeing some of these characters like when they're young and as they grow up and learn more about the world and change, right? As opposed to and like then, a yeah. shonen battle series or something where. Like what? All of my Academia is taking place over one year, right, or something right, or, like that. Or, or in the case of even when Shonen does do time skips, yes, it is often just a excuse to give characters a new outfit, right? Like, <laughs> it's like know, the jump from Naruto to Naruto Shippuden does not actually create a generational shift. Right, just everybody gets a little taller. Everyone gets taller. Everyone gets a little stronger, and then we move on, right? But they're right. basically the same characters. Whereas the thing that, like, you know, I'm not like gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything about Sengoku Yoko. But one of the things that's very cool about it being a generation spanning story is the natural flow of time that arrives from like that narrative conceit, right? So you have characters enter and leave the story because of the passage of time. And mm-hmm. that and Musicami uses it really effectively to like to to organically mix up the cast, right? Like yeah. people, like and they don't always like tell you, you know, like you'll have a character that shows up in like, you know, one section of the story and then show up much later in a different section of the story and they will be remarkably different. And sort of the the thing that's fun about it is like what, what a little bit of like what, yeah. what happened to you, man. <laughs> yeah. But like you still see the traits of like, oh, but he is still that guy from chapter so and so, but life happened to him. And yeah. I, it's funny because, like, I mean, you know, whatever. It's like, it's it's funny we're like talking about this because also, like, if we're all be like super honest, and Goku Yoko is like, 
probably the most conventional and yes. like <laughs> of yeah. Musicami's works. But, you know, but... if you if you liked, for example, not necessarily the it's not necessarily right to the content they're in, but the way that in Vinland Saga you see Thor you get to see Thorfinn as a child and yes. then Thorfinn as a teen and then Thorfinn as a man, right? Yes. Uh, and like how that progressed and then how it progressed for other characters also in the story, then right. uh, there's there's a lot of that DNA in Sengoku Yoko. Totally. Like and, in the way it's structured. Yeah. And again, to kind of echo your point at the start of all this, anime looks fine. I mean, yeah. it's it's you know, <laughs> look, this ain't this ain't getting the this is not getting the fragrance treatment to be sure, but uh, it's also not being treated nearly as unfairly as uh, mm-hmm. as Biscuit Hammer got. So, yeah, like if I, I think on some level with with a, with a with a work like Sengoku Yoko, which is like you know, again, not mainstream popular, right? Like this is not. It's not a dungeon meshy. It's not a Freyren, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think for something like this, I think realistic, realistically your best hope is that the adaptation is competent enough to communicate the strengths of of, of yeah. the source material. Right. Yep. That's all I want. Well, I uh, I really, I don't know anything about this one, but I do, I have enjoyed the other things that Mizukami has written. So mm-hmm. I am looking forward to checking this out for sure. Um. Yeah. Okay. That is. Uh, yes, there are other shows that we could talk there, about, but we don't have time to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Basically, I mean, there are other things we can. Yeah, we just don't have time for a full preview or anything. I just wanted to mention those because I know you guys are fans of the manga. Mm-hmm. I I've heard you talk about them many many times over <laughs> over the years. So it was like we, now that they're yeah. finally getting anime, we have to mention them beforehand, and we will definitely be talking more about them and a lot of other things once we get past our all of our end of year stuff here. So stay tuned for that. All right. So moving on, uh, we've got our final ish thoughts on the shows from the uh, current season. Um, Since this is kind of our last opportunity to talk about a lot of these, I don't think anything is actually finished, but a lot of shows are like on their like penultimate episodes, right? Like we're maybe got one episode left or something. So. uh, Artemis, since you're here, we can, we can start with uh, my new boss is goofy. Have they found a a way to wrap this thing up? Yeah, so um, this also does have uh, one more episode to go. Um, it's going to air next week. So I can, like, it's, it's very predictable. I can see exactly where it's going to go. They ended the previous episode on, so so they moved in together, like the main character and his, his boss yes, moved in as, together. As because, friends because and co-workers of, do. Because, right. because, of, because of the stalking incident with his previous boss, because his previous boss knew, knew where he lived and had sent threatening messages and, and called him and said like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be waiting for you like outside your apartment kind of thing. Yeah. So he moved in as a kind of emergency measure. Very um, cool thing for a boss to do. Uh, right. But surprise, surprise, it's working out well and they're both happy. Uh, the new living arrangements. So the previous episode um, kind of quote unquote cliffhanger left off where the main characters 
real estate agent rang up, like called up and said, hey, we've finally found the perfect apartment for you. And it cuts to his face with a reaction of like shock and disbelief and like, oh no, does that mean I'm going to have to move out kind of thing? Yeah. So we know, I'm, I'm 90%, 99% confident that the final episode will be him like almost about to move into a new place that that mm-hmm. is pretty much perfect for him and then deciding that he's actually happier living with his boss right right it was goofy i i was curious because with these types of shows it's always like how are they gonna find a way because because they can't just end right so like how do they how are they gonna find like a, a stopping point and there's always like some sort of climactic season ends. Some kind of like right. bit of drama they can stir up at the I end. Think, right? I think we yeah. honestly had that this episode. I think I think the episode that just aired was the one that resolved things as far as the 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 kind of dr- dramatic plot stuff goes, where his previous boss was stalking him and stuff. Because he doesn't see his new boss or confront him, but he thinks he does. And he spends the episode running away from, like, literally physically running, like, around the aquarium to try and escape someone who he thinks is his old boss. And it turns out not to be his old boss at all. But he he finally works up the courage before he realizes that to, like, say, hey, like, fuck off, basically. Right. Um yeah, only to only to then realize that this is just like some other <laughs> some... guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it kind of resolved that whole like he finally was was stood up for himself and and just said hey I've had enough kind of thing, um, and so the fact that that person was not his boss is kind of neither here nor there. Like he found the emotional strength to, right that was the to do what he had to do right. Part. So I feel like this last episode is just kind of the window dressing to to end on a, on Ra- a nice wrap everything note, up you know? right yeah. yeah. Interesting, but uh, yeah, it's 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 still a solid. I don't. It's still a solid show. I don't. I don't honestly have that much more to say about it after last week. Um, yeah. But it's it 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 has continued to be a very nice weekly watch, and I don't think it's going to be, you know, anyone's anime of the year or anything. But it's it 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 did a lot more than I gave it credit for when it when I first kind of saw the synopsis and all that stuff. So. You know, if you have some time over the winter holidays between seasons, if there is such a thing as seasons anymore, then yeah, you never know. Maybe it will be up someone's alley. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like that they did find a kind of satisfying place to stop. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's looking I, like. I yeah, I, I fully expect it to be to 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 end just as pleasantly as it as it has gone throughout. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that sounds good. Um, did uh, did you guys did you guys want to say anything anything more about Jujutsu Kaisen after last? Uh, uh, what is even is there to say? I don't know, man. Time. What a what G- a. Gee, we left off last. Hard. You weren't here, but we left off on yeah. like Nobara dying and all that. Yeah, just what a what a like fundamentally spiritually hollow show. <laughs> I, I like it's it's. Like, you know, like it's it's become such a buzzword, but like this show is soulless. Like it's yeah. it's it's so blatantly transparent with its like attempts to to emotionally manipulate mm-hmm. that like it doesn't hit anymore, dude. Like you've played the same trick too many times. So 
the la- the latest two episodes. <sighs> what, yeah, we're, 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 we're still point. fighting the same dude. So, so we're still fighting Mahito, the like bio shifter, like demon guy, right? Uh, he, you know, he he's Dejoka, you know, and um, <laughs> you know, he's he's killed two of Yuji's Yuji's friends already. And, you know, he's all, he's really sad. He's, like, curled up in a ball, and he's like, I'm so sad, you know. My friends are dead. I can't, I can't fight. And who better to show up than everybody's favorite big muscular pervert? Toto is on the scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally just flexes out of his shirt and just starts brawling with Mahito and, like, you know, being being you know being a good bruza to 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 <laughs> Yuji, and it's like you know, look, we all love Mister Boogie Woogie, all right? Like he's <laughs> like one of the best characters in that show, right? Just strong himbo energy to that one, right? And it sucks because like we like. <laughs> Like, rationally, I'm like, I like this character. I like it when he shows up on screen. Mm-hmm. And I like it when he does cool things. And I could already feel in my bones, oh, they're going to fuck him up too, aren't they? Yep. <laughs> yep. You're, you're so, saying the sentence, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> and so Toto inspires Yuji to get back into the fight. We have this, like, re- pretty, like, Toto is one of the best characters in Jujutsu Kaisen, not just because he's a really likable character, but because he has a really, like, he has one of the best powers in Jujutsu Kaisen in terms of, like, narrative clarity. Like, he claps his hands, and he can switch places with two, he can switch the places of two things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so that that means that, like, when Toto fights, the narrator doesn't need to fucking butt in and be like... And this is how this power act- works. Yeah. Right. Don't, no, don't need that, right? You just, like, visually, you he, he claps his hands, you hear the sound effect of the clap, and then something fucking badass happens on screen, right? <laughs> and, like, that's all you need to know, right? And so it works, again, like, from that perspective, from a presentational perspective, Toto arriving on the screen and beating ass works. And then the second of the two episodes happens where, like, you know... Stop me if you've heard this before <laughs> of Jujutsu Kaisen. Toto fatally sacrifices himself. Oh God! To give Yuji a chance to land the final blow. What is what is uh-huh. Yuji doing this whole time while his friends are Punching. dying around him? Like, Punching? Is he just is he just like watching? Is it is it? Is oh, it one of those things? He is like fighting still, just like this bad guy can. Uh, he, he his friends have to like die to like mm. op- create openings for him or also, something. It's yeah. really it's also like really unsatisfying because this villain's power is like flesh manipulation, and so explicitly like damage doesn't show on him, right? Right. Because so he just fixes even... his body. You're punching away his like soul HP. And right. but it's like so we've been playing this dude for like five episodes straight, and it's like it seems like it's just doing nothing, right? And except and for when they have to look at the camera and say he's definitely down to forty percent, you guys. Yeah, like it's so it's so bad, right? Like it's it's one of like like this is like this is one of those things about like shonen power sets where like mm-hmm. you have to really consider what you're writing and how that will like affect 
how your story is perceived as time goes on. And this is a big issue, right? Because, yeah, like, the narrator's constantly like, Mahito's really beat up, guys, I swear. And it's like, he looks the same as he did five episodes ago. He's still <laughs> half ca- laughing and cackling. And this, this is why, this is why like, Frieza has four forms, right? Like, <laughs> Right, so yeah. you still so you can cope and be like, well, you know, Piccolo, he he, he like he like kind of beat up Frieza in his second form, you know, like you can have that like you can have that cope to convince you that the side characters actually did anything, right? Um, and you don't get that with Jujutsu Kaisen because like so okay, like to be clear, Toto does not like actually die, but what happens is Mahito cuts off one of his arms, and in case you forgot, his power is clapping, and right. so he can't. He's uh, turns out, he's uh, out turns out in the universe, yeah, it turns out in Jujutsu Kaisen you can't one hand clap. Um, so, yeah. um, and so like Toto's like ah he's taking out my hand I have like you know he explains that I have like 30 seconds left of spiritual energy before I'm done for good and so he you know he 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 wills his like tall busty idol waifu into existence and they do this like dance if you want to win choreographed duo fight against Mahito in his brain yeah 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 Toto's mind palace wills a second a second punching hand in the form of his fake idol waifu and like i don't know how that actually works practically but it's really fucking cool and then at the end of it Toto explicitly looks at the camera and says i will never be able to fight ever again this is it for me as a character Uh in the story is already dead Yes, and I'm like, why would you say that? <laughs> why uh, you... Yeah. <laughs> to what end? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's all, all just so Yuji can punch Mahito again, but really hard this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just... We've been spent literally five episodes fighting one, this guy. One, one part, one part of that whole like synopsis sounded really good, and the rest sounded absolute <laughs> trash. <laughs> It's it's just exa- it's like exhausting because right, it feels like nothing has stakes, and then they keep telling us there's definitely a lot of stakes. Everybody, and it's like, are you yeah, sure? Yeah, are killing so many characters. Are you, are you how, sure? We've just watched work, right? we've just watched these guys fist fight for five episodes straight, and nothing has changed except other characters have died to facilitate them having a fist fight for this these five episodes. It's like I don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. and so like the fight looks like it's over at by the end of this episode. You know, like, Maito is running away. He's like, you know, it's the whole, like, oh, now that the villain is laid low, he's, like, scrabbling on the ground like uh a little freak begging for forgiveness, right? And you're supposed to, like, you know, you're supposed to be, like, feeling bold in the right because, you you know, Yuji's just, like, walking over being like, yeah, I'm going to fucking beat you up for what you did to my friends. And I guess it's meant to be, like, an emotional catharsis, but, you know, we don't care anymore. Yeah, right. And then here's the real kicker. Here's the real fucking kicker. Me and Iro arrived at this really fucked up realization at the end of the last episode. <laughs> Mahito, the guy they've been fighting for the last five episodes, he's Nappa. Yeah. He's oh. like... He's not even the final villain of this arc because then the true final villain of the arc shows up in the last minute of the of mm-hmm, the episode. The guy, guy who put Gojo in a box, or whatever, right? Like, it's, right? Oh, so God. it's like it's like they do the whole, oh well. Now Vegeta is gonna fight for real now, and it's like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's 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 
How disappointing. I know, yeah. right? Like, what a shame. Like The show I, had something going at some point. It did. It did. I liked these characters. They were fun when they were just being dirtbags to each other. Remember when Maki mm-hmm. caught a bullet with her bare hands? That was cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, now here we are, like 30 episodes later. Uh, I know, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, yep. Just all all the shonen battle shows fall into the, seem to fall into the same traps. I don't know just, what we were it's expecting. Just, it's, it's just a, a question of, time. of when. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Is it 30 episodes or is it 50 episodes, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's all the same in the end. <sighs> Well, thank you both for your service in uh-huh. watching this so that I don't have to. Yep. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, You're going to have just, to get yourself some new canaries. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> very, it just, it's very disappointing that, you know, they had something going and they just it had to fall back on the same old, same old uh yeah. Thing these shows every every season, every season, or not every season, but every few seasons, I'll be like, oh, maybe this will be finally the big shonen franchise that I will end up watching and actually enjoying. <laughs> maybe I should actually give it a try and stop being close minded. And then you guys come along and I'm like, nope, nope, it's all still shit. Never mind. Yep. No, yeah. <laughs> I I you know, we don't have time for it in this podcast, but there's something like indelible about the appeal of a good shonen that I think has just like brain poisoned like some of us. And so like I mean, we'll all watch it was just it was one. like the original form of like it was like the first anime like I became aware of, right? Like Right, right. So like, I see this Dragon Ball Z as a kid, I'm like, wow, this is the sickest yeah. thing ever. I, right. I th- I think with the shonen thing, it's like the formula in itself it's too is deep, right? good, it's too deeply because, ingrained. Yeah. Because they keep doing the exact same thing, it's like whatever the first shonen you watch, you'll probably enjoy, especially mm-hmm. if you're, you watch it when you're a kid. But then everything after that is going to be like, oh, this, oh, this is I, exactly the same. <laughs> like, it's like yeah, diminishing it's, returns there. <laughs> but for some, like but, the first like, one I watched no, is no, Dragon Ball Z, and everything mm-hmm. else I compared to Dragon Ball Z. I'm like, oh well, we this, we're Dragon still Ball using Z, Dragon Ball Z with ghosts, to Dragon Ball Z with pirates, Dragon Ball Z with swords. <laughs> Dragon, yeah, we're, uh, we're still talking with, about uh, you know Nappa and Vegeta and Frieza here. Because exactly, it's one side doing yeah. the same it's exact. Our, it's it's thing. our shared frame of reference for like anime conflict. Right. Yeah. It's so it's, it's childhood nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you guys are all really really looking forward to Dima, right? Oh boy, Dragon Ball <laughs> Babies. No, oh, I, I, you know, I read the original manga from start to finish a couple years ago, and I went, "Wow, yep, that's a really good like thing by itself." And I don't I'm care sure about I'm glad the rest it's of finished. it. Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm sure glad it ended, and Toriyama can lean back and draw keep weird robots. <laughs> like, keep collecting the paycheck and life. draw your yeah. weird robots. Yeah. All right, let's move oh. on. Mm-hmm. Um. So the Apothecary Diaries that is continuing next season. Yes, believe, it is. Right. So, yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's did anything special happen in the past. Two yeah, episodes? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. did. They're, they're cracking. Okay, a I wasn't expecting this, but yes, of sorts. Sure. Right. All right. Still tracking the the culprit behind the the poisoning incident at the uh, at the big party. Right. Oh, so so we get some plot. Yeah, and it's like we we're like complex plot that ties into like backstories and stuff. And like the kind of the kind of interesting thing here, right, is like a lot of like like a lot of good mysteries, mm-hmm. right? 
the sort of thing that happens in the last episode. So I did not watch this week's episode. Yet, oh, okay. I did watch. The, oh, um, no. That, that, I know. Uh, that, that like was, reveals was, all those. Yes. It, it's okay. Yeah. Like you guys could. I mean, mm-hmm. I would prefer you be vague, but if you need to talk about sure. it, feel free to talk about it. Uh, I, I'm not like that deeply invested here. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, so, so I will just speak to like my, my, my knowledge of what I've seen so far is like, it kind of does the fun thing of, well, that was the big mystery, but there's a lot of small mysteries to solve. And mm-hmm. wouldn't you know it, the small mysteries eventually tie back to the big mystery. And uh-huh. uh, I think I think they've done a surprisingly elegant job of, of that uh, for mm-hmm. the type of show this is. But uh, yeah. it sounds like there's like they dropped some bombshells in, in this latest one. I feel like I was starting Kinda. to pick up on some of the implications mm. from the prior episode. But, right. The, you know. The... Yeah, the sort of like thing happening in the palace is the oldest concubine uh, is leaving the palace, is being, you know, let go basically. And we get into like her whole backstory deal, which is that she was basically childhood friends with the current emperor uh, there. And uh, <laughs> she's she's the one whose uh, child died like in episode right. one. The, the the crown prince and oh wait no that's wrong oh my god i'm getting i'm i'm mixing myself up nope that's not her <laughs> she had a she get, she gave birth to a child like 20 years ago which died uh and she's become like the birth was so traumatic that she can no longer have children but she was still kept around as a concubine um and so the whole thing is she's leaving the palace so everyone's up in a tizzy because she's leaving and but some evidence points to stuff that's going on in her her section and we have to investigate that and it, that leads into all the all the other stuff. Yeah. yeah, going on, yeah right? I can see you're trying to be super vague and it's, it's just it's not tough. helping. Uh Look, you yeah, got to yeah. talk about it. Just talk about it. I mean, right. you know. So it's, I'll get to it. Mhm. Uh, her her like main lady in waiting is is sort of being presented as the culprit here for complicated reasons uh, involving honey uh, and whether and honey being poisonous to infants uh, and whatnot. Um, wait, is that, is that real? real? Uh, if, you know, is. look yeah, at your cannot... look at your, look yes. at your container, of honey, and it'll say on it, "Do not feed to anyone under yeah. one year of age." All right, oh, yeah. 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 so yeah. fair enough. It's, I guess it's these very are the... true. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll trust you on that one, Artemis. Just look. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at. I'm not usually thinking about. Oh, that I don't sort know. Of I don't know about. Po- I think. I think poisonous might not be no, exactly the right, right. word, but, but like it would it would apply it would apply to them for sure. Like like they would have. Not as refined, honey. Right. Yeah, but but it's not it's not safe to give to infants. All right, true. That's good to know. <laughs> Good to know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it gets into how, yes, when she gave birth, t- like, 20 years ago, the doctor who, oh, like, it was the same time as the Empress Dowager was giving birth to to a child, and the doctor who was trying to o- oversee these was Mao Mao's father, uh, which is why he is now hobbled in the back alleys, uh, way overqualified for his position as a back alley doctor. And whatnot, and uh, you know, as the Empress Dowager and Consort Ardua were giving birth, you know, one of these babies died, and one didn't, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jinshi sure looks a lot like her. 
Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> I, I, again, <laughs> I, I was already beginning to suspect some of these things because the scene in the prior episode that has, I guess it's now, it's the, it's the, I guess now mm. it's obvious it's the concubine who is like drinking on the wall or whatever. Right. I was like, right. is that Jinshi? <laughs> right. I was like, and then that's yeah. where Clint's like, wow, they look like, they kind of look the same, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But then, um, like at the very end of the episode, there's one final scene where they are, I guess they're letting all the relatives of the handmaid who was executed know of her death. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to send out, you know, those little kind of totem things with, with the person's name on it. To, yeah. to all her surviving relatives, but Mao Mao name, uh, her name is there. Mm-hmm. So yep. she's connected I to the somehow. Right? I guess we're implying. Oh, exactly how close a relation? But I think mm-hmm. I got it. Right. I'm not even watching this, the show, and I think I this, just this got truly it. is some YA novel shit. Huh? <laughs> yes, yeah. just like. You know, I, ah, I, this I, girl's not like the others. Mm-hmm. She's smarter than them, and she's right. secretly and, and super we, pretty we, we and sure a have secret never, princess. Well, right. Yeah. And we sure have never mentioned her mother now, have we? Yeah, so far? Yeah. This is actually really funny to listen. To this is really funny to listen to concerning what I know about what happens later. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, to be clear, that that she was connected to like. She was involved with like the people who kidnapped Baba to bring her to the palace, uh, something like that. And so, yeah, maybe kind of, she kind of caused Baba to be yeah. taken into the inner palace, where maybe she's involved with all this shit, right? Yeah, um, it's that. That is also like yeah, vaguely implied at the at the like the very tight, like the last sort of ten mm-hmm. seconds of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the like, now that we have built up all this intrigue in the palace like the the threads are starting to weave in together right uh with each other with each other uh we got our our, our mid uh mid-series climax here yeah right and the next See, you guys at, get, the start of this, all... at the start of the series i was like mm, does this really deserve two cores and i'm like <laughs> man if they tried to whistle through this and then uh, oh flat, yeah yeah with 30 mean... episodes i mean it would have been a hot mess yeah. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing. You guys, because you guys watched the most recent episode, you're all like wound up about all oh, this conspiracy and the plot reveals. <laughs> Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm over here being like, haha, look at that screenshot of Mau Mau asking oh, yeah. for booze like a Yes, baby. that is good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, you know, we were talking about like, <laughs> like recently we were talking about how it's like anime never shows underage drinking. Yeah. And Mau Mau is out here choking down booze, just well, see, slamming it's that not, shit. It's, it's not underage drinking if it's yeah. legal in yeah. the setting. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. I, I, I feel like there's place. been a couple, I feel like there's been a couple other shows recently that have showed underage drinking. I can't remember right now but, but yeah. sure if it was if it was set in either a completely fictionalized mm-hmm. or like you know yeah. deeply historic like obviously historical kind of pseudo you know yeah. universe or whatever then sure and i and i yeah. guess it kind of fits because like mm-hmm. if you really think about it alcohol is simply just the most socially acceptable poison to drink so yeah. it makes uh-huh. sense she that Mau Mau yeah. would would be a fucking alcoholic i guess but uh, yeah, is this the real meta going forward? Just like you know, people are talking about the topless meta in Twitch. Is <laughs> is the is the new meta to avoid censorship in anime? Is just to like 
in your first episode, have a character say offhand, you know, in our setting, we don't have a drinking age law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yes. Actually, I think, I think, I think Beaky and Dolly, there was a bit where they sure. were drinking alcohol. Yeah, there's that a, sounds there, like something that would happen in that yeah. show. It's like there's uh, the, the goofy sequence where like they're talking through the plot, and she's just holding that bottle that's evidence booze, and just drink, <laughs> continuously drinking uh, from it as they're talking through the plot, right? Uh, <laughs> regarding yeah. like the uh, yeah, look, alcohol is humanity's mm-hmm. friend. How, uh-huh. how can we, how can we, how we, can abandon, we a abandon a friend? Uh-huh. Indeed. <laughs> Very oh good. my goodness. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that's uh, plot thickens, I guess, on that one. Yeah, and that will we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be carrying on into next season, so we'll have more opportunities to talk about that. Yep. Uh, let's move along. To talk about Spy Family, which I don't think is yeah. continuing. Right, that is ending this. Yeah. I, well, I okay. So. By continuing, I mean it is <laughs> not to next season. It is yeah. not. It is not going to be airing more next season. But I would be shocked if we do not see more at some point yeah. next I year. I mean, right? well, also there's out the soon. movie, right? Yeah, yeah the movie, there's the movie, and too, and right? and Crunchyroll is streaming it too next year. So you know we're not going to have to wait. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, for yeah. it to for it to um, like appear and and yeah, if, you I'm, know, if, I'm, if I'm checking, yeah. It, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say it's, yeah. it looks like the movie is going to come out like almost the same day as the last episode of the current season. So I wonder, sure. if they, okay. I wonder if they About lined that right. up intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> Probably keep the, but, uh, keep the uh, train rolling. But yeah, yeah. We, we, we got um, a little cool down after all the murder, the, mm-hmm. from the yep. boat arc boat uh, arc is over. Finally, we had the, we had the actual yeah. forgers going on vacation, which wasn't even really funny. It was just like, uh, here's their reward for yeah. going for all this stuff. They get to have fun, happy family times. Like, for like if montage. there's one, if there's one criticism I might have of this season, I feel like we have had a lot of those insert song montages. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is no name. Yeah, no name has to fit fit a certain number of those in. I, I, everyone can totally work on, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. Right, um, contractually obligated, but. Um, yeah, so that, that that was fine, and the bit with like Anya trying to convince everybody she went on this amazing vacation was pretty mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> relatable, very relatable. Believe these children haven't heard of the amazing Sickle and Chain Barnaby. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Sargama <laughs> Barnaby. Yeah. Oh man. And then from there, we're back to the. We got to get around to. We got to. We got to give everybody half an episode, right? So mm-hmm. back to antics. We had the. Uh, I thought the Becky bit was a lot funnier than I was expecting because <laughs> yeah. I agree. I was, I was preparing for not, not I won't say mid episode because spy family doesn't, I feel like that's not fair. Spy family doesn't do mid. It just does very good and cool. Right. Um, but this was better than I had assumed it would be just yeah, based I, on like the super quick preview. Yeah. Cause, right. cause I mean, it's a very thin little girl has crush on adult man joke, Yes, but they get so much mileage out of my favorite bit of humor with Spy Family, which is everyone is a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's very easy to look at the premise and be like, oh, one of these, right? Just Becky's boy crazy, right? right. And I think the thing that works well, right, is like it reminds you at the end of the day, at the end of the day, these are very small children with 
Like, like, sure, is Anya dumber than the average small child? Yes. But, like, <laughs> all these children are children, right? They have right. very skewed, you know, narrow conceptions of the things they're talking about, right? Like, does Becky even know what marriage is, right? Or is it no, just yeah, the she things just, she sees? She just saw Berlin in love and made it her personality. Pirating back from her, from her shows, yeah. Yeah. It, Exactly right, and and so it's anything like with all the her 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 her, her taboo one hundred percent kill rate techniques, right? <laughs> right? Everybody knows when you flip your hair like this, it makes men go crazy. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and, yeah. Shades of free run a couple weeks ago. Trying to <laughs> yeah. people, right? Using the sexy beam. Yeah, and, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, just the fact that everybody's like, and especially like with um. Lloyd and Yor, how they're they're so they're so extremely competent at their jobs, but they're so dumb. Like, right? I mean, I mean Yor, also, Yor is the classic. Yeah. Like, she's 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 like, like going back weirdly to Dragon Ball Z. She's like Goku Super Saiyan. Like, ah, I just, I guess I just didn't realize my own strength. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, you that's know what good. I mean? Like, she's the himbo of this series. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. I, mean, I, think, I think I think that, that yeah. they get a lot of mileage, and I think like you know even if the um, I think even if the Fiona section is like not quite as strong because it's kind of just a it's kind of just a montage of like yeah it's just kind of like what has Fiona things. been doing yeah right. I feel like they put it there just to remind us of how great that tennis arc was yes mm-hmm. it's, it's, but I think like both still tie into the like the like broader joke right of like these various characters who are like really attracted to Lloyd and are constantly foiled by your like not even trying right just accidentally like showing them up completely in in ways they can't even conceive of right just <laughs> right just let me casually hit this like hammer like strength <laughs> challenge and which 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 but, but but what I'm saying is like that whole thing is a result of them just being complete dumbasses. Like that right, meant yes. nothing. Yeah. yeah like, no. like that, but, but in their mind, like just not understanding the situation um, is very yeah, good. I think, I think like the reality, right. Is after something as large as the boat arc, I don't think spy family is going to like pursue any other like long-term plots with the time it has left. Yeah. So it does kind of make sense. Even if the pacing is a little odd to end on, you know, a bunch of filler, I guess, if you want to put uh, it Are there any like, other side characters that didn't get their segment yet and that need to get a segment? I guess, yeah, yeah. Can we bring back the, like, very elegant or, like, him? <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind some more bits. H- Henderson will get some time to shine, well, if not this season, then definitely in the inevitable season three they announce. Uh, uh, you know, there, mm-hmm. there will definitely be some good Henderson moments. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they've only got... I don't know, one or two episodes left. I don't know what we're on. Then they'll probably need to wrap it up with the forgers again, I'm assuming. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a good time. I think especially winding down off the big arc. It's, you know, it's fun to catch up with everybody. And, you yeah. know, right. These are people- and I don't I don't I don't want a cliffhanger either. Like I'm not I'm not here for Spy Family to give me. Mm-hmm. Like the action and thrills are great, and I'm I'm all there for it too. Yeah. But but that's not what I'm actually there for, you know. Um, yeah. And if it ends on a filler, I I honestly couldn't ask for more from my family. I mean, I I do wonder if it'll be like kind of the end of season one where they throw you a little bone on the uh, major mm-hmm. the overall plot. Yeah, but... I mean they'll probably like set up a thing, right? I mean, right. I 
again, I'm 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 grass I'm 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 grasping in the dark here. I don't remember like you know, I think Eero can back me up on this, right? Like when we see any given episode of Spy Family, uh-huh. we immediately go, Oh, right, yeah, yeah, that that story, right? That chapter. But we could not like confidently tell you like right. what's the next what is, chapter what the, is gonna be or yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like like I can I can like I know there are certain things this story will do in a hy- hypothetical season three where it's like, oh yeah, they're probably gonna cover this or that, but yeah the specifics I, I cannot say in mm-hmm. confidence. So perhaps they'll just uh, end setting up the movie. Right. Like Yeah, that that could be they might very well do that. Um because yeah. there are there are more dramatic arcs down the line, like I I, I can say that, but yeah. where they are specifically, I don't remember. So I don't know if they would set those up this season or just save that for like next season entirely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Last joke I'll shout out for now. Uh, yeah. I really like the joke when Anya's reading Becky's mind and it's all like emojis or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, she's just so she's just so flustered that she's literally like on sand thumbs up like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what else what else was there skull and crossbones just a yeah bunch and of I'm just like literally yeah. just reading them as they are appearing in this good visual great visual gag too but yeah anyway spy family's good yeah true um let's talk about free Ren yeah. beyond journey's end which is also continuing into next season mm-hmm. but uh. So we are, you know, we, I feel it feels like we've got a long way to go. Like we've just <laughs> introduced uh, our new party member and these episodes kind of or a lot, a good chunk of these episodes or the first one anyway, is like kind of establishing his mm-hmm. position in the, the party dynamic. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, which is, you know, he's. I'm not going to say he's the he's definitely not the adult in the room, but he's perhaps has more uh, <laughs> a bit more emotional maturity, yeah. if you will, uh, than <laughs> you know at like 25 or what have you. He's the resident. He's old like man at 30 character. at most, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. They 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 continue to lean to the thing, right? Of like sane, despite you know being technically only the second oldest member of the party, <laughs> has probably the most, in some regards, emotional maturity. Right. right, like, yeah. like Freyren, like, is I mean, she, you know, she's emotionally detached. She can be kind of bratty sometimes, right? Like, despite being older than anybody else by like multiple like zeros, yes. Like, she did spend most of it in isolation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in that way, Saint does kind of get a fun edge in lived experience, especially when he's dealing with people like closer to his age right like he he sees right. what stark and fern are doing and he's like ah kids right <laughs> oh these right. kids and they make it a point to like highlight that you know mm-hmm. fern goes to him for advice and not free run right like it's right yeah. yes so um and you know he gets to show off his capabilities because everybody in this party has to be super powerful right of course, um, yes. Is that? I've def- is that this- I definitely want to steal that giant he plant fight that for a plant, yeah. encounter. But that's, yes, I think uh, that's in the second of these two episodes, right? Um, no, that was I in think- the first one, right? When they fight the plant? Because 
the the second no, no, episode is uh, when they go to the when Starcast. I think those were the... two parts of one episode. No, 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 those are, those are two parts of the same episode. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I yeah. watched them like back to back. So yeah, yeah, kind no, of I know it's 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 because like they are okay. they're like they are shoving. I'm not shoving that they're putting these like one off chapters like into the same yeah. episode. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yes, now I remember. I, I do want to talk about episode fourteen a little bit just because it does have like. You know, like I mean, the 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 like you know the the JRPG adventure stuff is good, but I also do really like when the show does get back to like the core conceit of the story, which is Freyren, mm-hmm. like you know, wrangling with the kind of complex like feelings she she had about the relationships in her life, right, and the sort of melancholy wistfulness that comes from realizing far far too late what those little moments mean, right? And we, mm-hmm. we, we so, you know, episode yeah. 14, the, it's about um the ring, right? It's about Himmel's ring, right? We find out that, um, you know, in the same <laughs> way that Stark had to buy a gift for Fern, <laughs> around the same leg in the journey, uh, Himmel bought a ring for Freyren, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, to Freyren at the time, it was just a bauble from a fellow party member. And... Yeah, she is sort of subconsciously quite sentimental about it, even if she herself does not immediately know why. It's just that it's something she cares deeply for, right? It is a keepsake from someone she valued greatly in her life, and you know, to the point where, like, when they when when she loses it after a monster attack, she spends a significant amount of time looking for it, right? Like, yeah, and you know, kind of the whole thing, right, is, you know, the the the, the eventual arc of the story, right, is, oh, yes, uh, you know, you know, kind of classic, oh, that flower represents everlasting love. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, when a, when, a, when you when you give that as a gift to a person, that's what you're declaring. And, you know, the implication, of course, like, Stark did it unknowingly, right, because, you know, he's yes. not very smart, but Himmel most certainly knew what he was doing, right? Right. Yeah. And, so you get that great bit where Freyren finally like connects the dots and she's like, oh, that's what it meant, right? Like, mm-hmm. but it's too late now to do anything about it, right? It's 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 yeah, it's uh-huh. much too late to do anything about it. But you know, those feelings still meant meant something, and and she mm-hmm. recognizes that she internalizes it even if she can't do anything about it anymore but and, and i think i think uh, stuff yeah. like that is like those are the smaller moments where i think like this show really and what really i really love what i really love is like yeah they have like the like the we see the flashback but there's no like freeran's inner monologue being like, oh my god that's what he meant like you just you just mm-hmm. know like they don't have to yeah. tell you right yeah uh and i feel like a lot of lesser shows would have something like that where you hear her inner thoughts or something and it's like oh he must have been in love with me how could I have not realized and it's right. like no you don't think... need you don't need somebody to say that you can piece it mm-hmm. all together yeah. uh, you know this is where I think like the strength of the, the strength of a good like anime can also shine right it's it's not yeah. just in the big budget that lets you do cool fight scenes it's also having talented enough animators to like show that subtlety purely through facial expressions yeah like like Freyren yeah it helps that, that this like, show is like looks amazing like yeah right really you know she, she has her silent it. moment of realization you know she acknowledges it and then she moves on and i think it's it's uh it's very well done mm-hmm. yeah 
And then next episode, she blasts a plant. <laughs> <laughs> and that also looks cool. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. I guess. I guess. Um. <laughs> I guess I tied that together because it's it, it's kind of like the tail end of you know getting right. to know um uh, sane yeah sane right so yeah yeah that 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 was very cool I I like that even though Freerun is like super overpowered like they don't abuse that like and so like in the few key moments that they actually do show it it's kind of badass like <laughs> right oh yeah like if, if it was like every episode ended with fern blasting a or sorry Freerun blasting a monster then it would be like all right fine but this is like you know every five or six episodes maybe she has to mm-hmm. do something like this and uh it ends up being pretty cool because like in this case she's like the, the the plant was putting everybody to sleep and and he could only wake her up for like five seconds. She's like, "No, I'll be good. Just wake me up." And wake finally, he does when it. you need it, yeah, yeah. Look, she five just seconds instantly... is, is is one turn in D anD D. It's all you need, right? Exactly. This is this is why I want to steal that. That's uh-huh. for a, a D and I can definitely make something out of this. But anyway, um, yeah. so that was that was good. We it was I felt kind of mostly like a, a power level check for uh, <laughs> for. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. We just said it thirty Sane. seconds ago. Sane. Sane. I Sane. Well, what's well, messing I mean, me up is I I think they pronounce it. They've been pronouncing it Sine, oh, but like, maybe you're right. Sane, but it's right. spelled where it looks like it should be Sane. Right. But I don't know. Kind of like Freerun. F- however, yeah, Freerun. Right, yes. saying that Freerun, Freerun, whatever. Yeah, I, I do yeah. think it's very funny how blatantly that episode is just like, if this member of the party hadn't joined, they'd all be fucked. Yes. Right, like they would simply load a save. I mean, right, like it's it's the most like oh, only Aquaman can solve the mist, you know, the the, the <laughs> danger this week. Right, like, only Aquaman yeah. can t- talk to the dolphin to tell us what happened. Right, it's like yeah. oh, so it's like if Saint had to join the party when he did, would they have just died here? Like, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well, I guess they would be uh, the eternally put this. Well, yeah, no, they, they would, yeah, they would all get fed on by the plane. Yeah, but anyway, so. yeah, yeah, and then so, we get the the whole Stark like segment where he has yeah. to pretend to be somebody else and get just an excuse to get everybody dressed up for a party kind of yeah right? basically which is also a ver- another classic jrpg like filler arc right is like everybody's got to prepare for the opera or whatever was asked to pretend to be the opera singer yes uh-huh. you know but uh and you gotta work in the the most slow burning romance elements of all time <laughs> Yeah, uh, these two awkward teens. Yeah, mm-hmm. or whatever's I going mean, it does, on. It does between, give some uh, Stark some more, like it, it, you know, some more screen time to kind of be a character other than the cowardly lion, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like because like the the element here is that Stark is playing is 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 masquerading as the the local lord's uh, recently deceased son, right? That he's a he is he's a almost a one to one copy of, right? And you know, kind of getting that this idea that right that like both the men in this situation, Stark and the Lord, are people who are, you know, living with survivor's guilt, right? Like having been, yeah, you know, the one to to survive their given like situation, and you know, like just the 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 feeling that like, hey, like you kind of you know, you kind of have to work through this on your own, right? Like you can't. You know, I can't be your replacement son, essentially. Right. Right. Like yeah. that's like we all we all have our own journeys here. And uh you know, I mean that's that's kinda all there is to it, but I, I, I can't appreciate that 
a story like this does find the time to to give the other characters mm-hmm. uh, yeah moments to moments to shine. I, I think it is the strength of the relatively small size of the party, right? Like yeah. Yeah, with so few characters, it kind of a combination of there being so few characters and them constantly being on a forward moving journey. Mm-hmm. In yeah. a lot of ways, Freyrin is able to like organically avoid the pitfalls of I think a lot of manga and anime of just like bloating the cast over time. Yeah, yeah, because we can always move on somewhere else. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that show also. Still very good. Lots of lovely cloth flowing around animation and such. <laughs> yeah. Like they are bringing it even in non-action moments, right? It's yeah. like what every every two episodes somebody puts on a cloak and it's like insanely <laughs> well animated, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also get Fern double fisting donuts. Uh, right, yes, very good. Yes. Just uh Yeah, and the montage of Stark being trained to play the role of the Lord's son. Just Fern and Freyra just pigging out. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Hell yeah. Between that uh, and the giant hamburgers, uh, yep. which I feel like I have to mention every time. It's yeah, mm-hmm. great food. Okay, let's talk about Migi and Dolly. Uh, this show seems like a ride. <laughs> yeah, everything's out in the open now because I think there's only one episode left. Mm. Uh, all secrets that I, I, at least from what I can tell, all secrets have been revealed. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but nothing is really su- surprising or shocking in a way that I was maybe ex- expecting. Um, they like, telegraph you every- it to go mm-hmm. crazier or yeah. So they, they kind of telegraph everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the, the one missing piece, which is kind of like, what was the deal with their mother being in that house was kind of the most conventional, easiest to guess answer. Uh, uh. So if, if we want to throw the spoiler flags up here, because this yeah. this this really will kind of ruin the show if, <laughs> if you're if if you're at all interested in watching Megan Dolly, you know, skip ahead or something. But uh, basically, everything gets revealed that this whole thing stems from the plot of the mother of this rich family who was trying to build her perfect life in her perfect home in the perfect little town and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And she has her perfect husband, who's like a good-looking, wealthy doctor guy, and she was going to have her her perfect two kids as a son and a daughter, and, you know, everything was going great, going to be great. And it turns out, so Miggy and Dolly's mother was, like, the, um, I guess, the, the housekeeper that they hire. Sure, uh, the maid, okay. and, and we had some, <laughs> we have, we have a, an illegitimate child situation here. Yes. So... What, well, it's it's a little more complicated than that. In mm-hmm. that, the, the the mother finds out her her, her plans of having a perfect family are really ruined because she can't have children. Okay, and so it's uh, a you will bear the children for me situation. Like, yes, and it is still kind of creepy and disturbing because she kind of mm-hmm. does not give her a lot of choice in this matter. Ah, uh, and oh, um, okay. Well, <laughs> I will also point out that uh, these particular events, if the show 
let me do the math here. If the show is occurring in 1992, what's 13 years before 1992? 13 or 14 years before 1992, like 1979, 78. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Right, as Gundam uh, is airing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, 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 in 1978, 1979, they do not have the fertility options that they have in the present day. Let's put it that way. So right, the only right. way this is going to work is uh, if she convinces their housekeeper to sleep with her husband basically and she tries to like trick her husband into thinking it's her but Uh then it all falls obviously this is a terrible plan right yeah (laughs) and it all fall and you know it immediately falls apart because her husband like knows it's not her but plays along anyway you know um because mm-hmm, of his crazy domineering wife like and, uh, and 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 he's and he's yeah he's like you know secret and Willie, i love with the housekeeper or whatever and um it's it's a mess it's a hot mess but nevertheless she does get pregnant and um she has triplets uh-huh. my, my guess was correct that the son was making dolly's other brother right and the crazy mother like decides to, to take one of the, one of the boys has like dark hair and she decides to take that one to raise as her son, but she can't have the housekeeper and the other two boys like appear in public cause it'll ruin their perfect image. Mm-hmm. And, and so she just keeps them locked in a room for years. Oh, Oh, that's and, okay. Yeah, that's normal. And uh, you know, that's what kind of leads up to the crazy events of that. We, see later with you know them running away and living in the woods and all that stuff right and Mm -hmm. eventually she goes back it's it's when she goes back to get the other kid she's like climbing up his window and he like accidentally or whatever pushes her out the window that's how she dies right right okay sure so that that's that's all the secrets revealed that's basically what has happened, and this has now led up to the rather crazy last co- final few episodes where they're trying to kind of pin this all on the mom, and the mom is like a ninja, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and she's like, she she murdered, and like it kind of calls back to the, they've made a big point of the, that their current housekeeper that ends up getting murdered is uh not conventionally attractive in any way whatsoever and it's like oh okay now it all makes sense hmm. um weirdly enough the husband has almost no role in or responsibility in any of this which was kind of messed up so like even a character or not really yeah okay he's, i mean he's still there sure. <laughs> all right he's not really doing anything but um and then Mr. Plot uh, device. Okay. yeah and they, they reveal I think she kid she said has a daughter, but I think she just like straight up kidnapped her from somewhere. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So she's she's definitely the bad guy, and uh, you know the boys are trying to record her confession and stuff, and it all falls apart because she's like a ninja, and we kind of we leave off on. You know, I'm not I'm not going to say where we left off. Let's just say, <laughs> uh. The fi- uh, what I'm assuming will be the final episode is going to have to deal with the aftermath of uh, all of this information coming out. Let's put it that way. But yeah, I think in particular the bit because like I said, the one thing that they, they didn't really explain yet was like what was their mother 
this role in this house and everything. And, and everybody was just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, maybe she was just like the mistress or the housekeeper or something. And and I was like, ah, it can't be that simple, right? And I'm like, no, it was. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think everything else, though, is on top of that was so still so weird and fascinating that I, I'm not too hung up on that. But, um, you know, it's still very like it's still very dark and disturbing. It's not, it's not, I guess it's not as simple as her husband was cheating on her with the, the housekeeper, right? Like it was a little more right. disturbing and complicated than that. So, mm-hmm. um, especially when, you know, the locking everybody in the room, uh, it kind of weirdly makes some of the baby stuff make sense. I, I don't know, man, but it's <laughs> anyway, it's been a wild ride. Um, I suspect, you know, again, since things have been happening predictably, it's going to probably end up in the end where the the boys clear their name, which uh, if, if you recall, last time I mentioned they were being accused of murdering the housekeeper, uh, the current though, housekeeper, even though, yes, even though the, the mom is the one that did it, that she tried to pin it on the boys by like leaving the knife in their room or something. Right. And uh so I suspect their name will be cleared somehow and their their adoptive parents who still don't know that there's two of them <laughs> will still love them anyway, even though uh mm-hmm. and they'll get to enjoy their, you know, the rest of their days baking cherry pies together. Um so that's what I'm expecting will happen in the end. Uh part of me is kind of hoping there will be at least some twist left, but I feel like that's kind of our now that everything's out in the open and it is what it is. So you don't think um, the show will have some sort of like dark stinger. <laughs> it could. I'm not ruling it out. The monster still lives. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm not ruling it out. I think it's like, I think it's like a 75% chance that it, it goes the way I just said, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not ruling mm-hmm. it out entirely. Like there okay. still could be something. One last curveball in the end here, but um, yeah, that all said, even if it does end in that sort of way, it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Um, That's good. I, I I feel like it has a really good. You know, I love that it's a it's a beginning and the end. I think it's really well paced. I don't feel like there's any like unnecessary filler or anything. Like everything kind of has a point, <laughs> right? To it, even the things that feel like dumb throwaway filler episodes, like hanging out with Bird Boy and all that, <laughs> like it all comes back. It all it all comes back in some way, um, right? It was all needed to get to the heart of the mystery. Right? Did, they, yeah, did those like weirdo neighbors, like yeah, like did did these various weird denizens like come back in the last episode? Oh, the, absolutely, the, yeah. Climax to each contribute their one mm-hmm. thing to aiding the yeah, heroes. The, the Beaver Kid ends up being kind of the MVP of the entire show. <laughs> Word. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like. What even though do? his first introduction, like he was the one. If you guys remember, that was like like tying up one of the kids one of the guy one of the boys like hands and making forcing him to play like rigged rock play per scissors and like smacking him in the face and stuff he was like terrible it was absolutely terrible and through <laughs> through various different events he kind of turns around and ends up being like the mvp in the final uh segment but uh sure all right yeah the point is like like it's it's a very i felt like it was a pretty well told story um it keeps the whole way it manages to keep walking that tightrope between being like creepy and weird and disturbing and also still funny, uh, without leaning too far one way or the other. 
uh, you know, I like when I was concerned, are they really going to like go through with like people actually getting murdered and stuff? Oh, no, yeah, people <laughs> that that maid got stabbed in the neck. Like it's <laughs> there are other people that get stabbed like like they don't pull any punches when they don't when it comes to like that stuff. So like I, I appreciated that they but they still managed to keep it balanced between, you know, the almost like thriller horror element type things to with with the humor and it's it's yeah. it's very well done so um unless unless they really blow up the ending which i don't know how i don't even see how they would even do that like i'm, I'm really high on this show so i really enjoy right. it cool okay let's uh talk about uh Artemis again you're 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 with us so we can talk about Yuzuki family's four sons did this show find a way to end or is is there um so this this one also has one more episode to go next week okay I did not care for the previous episode at all it annoyed me a lot I'm back to being annoyed with this show oh well (laughs) um it was you'll know you I'm just gonna say two words and you're gonna know exactly how it goes sick episode sick episode who, who's like, sick? sick episode yeah like the oldest brother but he's the caretaker oh, oh no. okay he got, got it, it. Yeah. But, got he it. Got a, but he got yeah. a cold but it's an anime cold so he's lying in bed he has an intense fever he's doing it like this like <gasps> comically like heavy, heavy breathing yeah. as though he's I don't, in labor or something like <laughs> at could one perish point at any moment bit, Right, like at one point near the end of the episode, his fever like doesn't go down. So like, ah, oh no, I guess we have to take him to the hospital. Like, let's uh-huh. go or the clinic or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, you know, <sighs> it annoyed me. It bothered me. <laughs> um, it was it just it was just so predictable. And I know the show is predictable. Like I get it. It's not meant to be, you know, the kind of innovative show that's going to break. The, yeah, yeah, the wheel right. of, of there are the levels to this though, anything. Right. sure like yeah. it's not i i understand but even with that in mind it was just so by the numbers um obviously the fact that it's the older brother means that all the other kids have to step up and like show that yes they can also cook breakfast and do the laundry or mm-hmm. whatever um it was just eh overly sacked like it was yeah it was one of the more pointless episodes of the entire series right like we we know by now how integral the older brother is to the family because he is the parent figure right he is the one paying the bills and the one making sure that they could all live there because he's the only one old enough to have custody mm-hmm. of three children right um so like but but this is all understood we don't need a very dramatic cold to to drive this point home and i just i felt like it was a real waste of like sort of literally anything else anything anything else because i do like the character and his previous episode where he went to a um school reunion was pretty good um and i just thought they could have done any other storyline and it would have been a better choice right so they are not choosing to like uh, do any traumatic two episode finale thing or anything here no there's not no i i don't even remember what the final episode is going to be about if they i don't remember if they even showed a preview of it i just (laughs) i kind of 
by the halfway point of the episode eight, I was watching it, but I wasn't really invested. So I ah. actually I watched the last episode because it seems weird not to watch yeah, one final episode or something. Yeah, but it it, it really uh, what is it, what is it the most a, what is the most cliche thing they could possibly do in like, uh, the last episode? I don't even know the most cliche thing. I mean, it'll probably. I don't know. See, see what I would have done. I would have set this up in the in the in the in the second to last episode, where like they're like uncle or somebody is like, Uh oh, hey, you don't have to take care of the kids anymore. Right, right. I'm gonna take Uh, I'm gonna take the custody or whatever. Something will threaten to break the family apart. I think no, I don't think they're gonna be that dramatic. And I feel like they made it clear fairly early on in the series that there kind of already was a sort of brief not custody battle but like a brief at the funeral you know all the relatives were like no you cannot possibly you are too young there is no way you could support this whole family alone it's too much for you kind of thing i do feel like anything i feel like something like that would have been the most cliche way to end this right Mm -hmm. i think if anything they'll go the other route and just do a really basic like and now they all go to relax at the beach or a vacation or something sure sure. yeah you know like i don't i don't i don't think anything super dramatic is going to happen i don't think it should yeah but at the same time i actually don't really care anymore what happens to be honest (laughs) yeah i'm sure the final episode will be fine Largely, the series has been fine. It, it's just had its ups and downs, and unfortunately, the previous episode was for me a real, a real down, ju- just because of how utterly by the books it was. So, yeah, just yeah. giving giving you nothing. That's that's kind of all I have to say about it, mm-hmm. honestly. All right. Yeah. Well, ready. The uh, at least that one's not continuing. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if it does, let the record show. I will not be watching a season yes. two. All okay. right. I think that's the ultimate uh, judgment there. Then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess speaking of not caring anymore, let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, before we get to that, G, did yes. you want to talk about uh? I took it off the list last time because you weren't here. the the racing The racing show. What's it called? Oh, overtake. overtake. That's overtake. It's, that's very considerate of you to ask. No, I'm not. I'm not watching it anymore. So okay. Well, okay, I, just, I, just, I I just remember because that it would usually go here, and I was like, oh right, I took it off because right. you wasn't here last no, time. No, but yes, just, I mean, I don't know. I, look, man, it's, it's been a few weeks now. I don't know, man. Once I, you I, fell uh, off the wagon, it's it didn't want to get back on. I, I just was not compelled yeah. enough to get back on. Like, yeah. they, I think the last episode I watched, right, it was like. You know, be- because of the crash during the rainy race, like yeah, was I think we talked about of, that like, one. It was like ah, oh, all the like emotional, like strides they made has come crashing back down. They're back to square one, and they have to rebuild themselves. And it's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, We're good I- I'm, on I'm honestly good. All right. Well, what about Bullbuster? Well, what about Bullbuster? What about Bullbuster? The the not launched Bullbuster. Um, like, did they? Uh, did Dude, I don't uncover... think Bullbuster's done anything in like four weeks, man. Yeah. So how how does it look like they're wrapping this one up? Because this is not continuing, right? Uh, um, there's the big corporate conspiracy where actually right, right, right. the company is 
intentionally creating these creatures so that they can like harvest their like brain stem cells for their new super internet technology or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, they're, and they're making biocomputers or whatever. Right. Something like that. Basically they're doing this, they're creating these things on purpose. Um, for profit. Yep. As, as corporations are wont to do. Yep. And our plucky startup has to do something about it. And so it's been a couple episodes of them trying to do something about it and not having the money (laughs) to do it. Right trying everything they can think of live streaming out fighting the monsters and wheeling and dealing uh, with other companies, you know, uh, and whatnot. And just being slapped down by Shiota's large amounts of capital (laughs) and ability to hold press conferences that the main mainstream media reports on. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean that sounds like it could be interesting, in, and could. I, appre- I appreciate just... the like the message, I guess, of like, mm-hmm. you can't beat capitalism. But right, I don't know. It also could be incredibly boring, which is what I'm guessing it is. I think that is the issue. Like <laughs> these Kinda, plot yeah. developments in a vacuum make sense, and I actually would not mind seeing in this type of story at all. But right, like you know. That's kind of all there is to this show, right? Like, to the point where it's like, the robot almost didn't need to exist. Like, Mm -hmm. because they do so little with that half of it, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Like, like for all the talk, like, oh, you know, we're we're doing our, like, comically realistic mecha series. Like, mecha is in the description. (laughs) Like, like it's it's been a comically serious... Office comedy, like like you know, yeah, office okay. drama. I, but, I, and, I I hate to say this, but mm-hmm. is the most realistic mecha show the one where you don't actually use the mecha? That's almost that seems to be like the thesis of the show. Like, like it's not worth could, even taking it out, right? Because the show will continuously yeah. have the characters like look in the camera and be like, "We can't use Bullbuster this week; it's too impractical." And right. it's like, why? Why, why, why are we doing this then? <laughs> yeah. Why did we do this then? Why did we make this story? Because mm-hmm. like Guard like, still has the like, and we're still going to launch the robot every week because right. underneath it all thematically, we think the robot is cool. Yes. And there's still like, well, it's still like a thing that only the robot can do, right? Like, yeah, right. yeah, like, yeah. like that is like the thing, like, you know, these other types of shows, like a Die Guard, like a Pat Labor, is like they skewer and they poke fun at the idea of like, man, like, you know, having a big robot stomping around downtown is a giant pain in the ass, actually. But like at the end of the day, it's like, but it, it's got to be this way because you know, you know, eh, who else is going to step up to the plate, right? But here yeah. in like Bullbuster, almost everything is being just done by the humans, right? Because their strategies are like going on social media and yeah, live streaming, and you know, their own like <clears throat> grassroots efforts, which is totally fine, but. It just doesn't make it because I think it's also those elements are not even that good, right? Like right, right. that's the other part the, of it. The characters are not that likable, so it's like I'm, I'm not even like rooting for them that hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I think Bullbuster will get brought out in the last episode, but the preview 
shows them more or less like driving around a forklift or something. Bull Rover. So, All right. Like, yeah. So I mean, that was always like, what my, that's what I kept saying is like, you could, I feel like you could accomplish the same thing if you had a, like a, a like a bobcat and a front end loader and like, yeah, you basically yeah, have to be able to do the same thing that Bullbuster that's does. That's almost like the implication <laughs> that the last episode is going in is that we don't even need Bullbuster to save the day. Just, and then it's like, well, conventional heavy equipment bring it why in. Why did we do the same job? Name this show after it then. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if Bull Duck is going to do anything. Like, I what, know. Like what? Why can we launch Bull all Duck? all? Th- can we sort all three robots, please? Yeah, or, right. Just at least once as a treat. Yeah, got tired. Oh. Um, I'll give them some credit and guess that they will launch them all in the last. Yeah, episode, I, I assume they will, but yeah, it's just it's kind of turned into a slog at this point. Like it's not bad. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's like it's a, only like what, one episode left. I think. So yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. wrap it up, but yes, another disappointment. Nah. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking of disappointments, that I'm going <laughs> to watch the last episode out of obligation mm-hmm. for. Let's talk about Under Ninja. Yeah. Um, I. So we started last time. We kind of started the big, you know, scare quotes big climactic battle. Right. Uh, with the under ninja launching their attack or whatever. And I think even putting aside what I talked about last time with my own personal aversion to watching children getting graphically murdered on screen mm-hmm. and the whole, how I didn't like the whole school shooter vibes. Um, it just kind of sucks. <laughs> like I, okay. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to what you all were talking about in our, with the, with the shows we were previewing on like kind of, organically and naturally growing your love for the characters. Right. And say that absolutely none of that has happened in under Ninja, the anime, (laughs) which as a result, uh, when we've hit this climactic final battle where I feel like cool things should be happening. I mean, they have a, for God's sake, they have like a cardboard mech robot and somehow it does somehow it does like absolutely nothing. Like, you know, it, it manages to hang on to the guy for like 30 seconds. I know. Right. And and he like, but he can he can squirm his way out of like uh, out of it somehow, um, like like it should be good, but like I don't feel like we yeah. I don't no. I feel like they wasted so much time in the beginning, not, and not getting us to care about what's happening or any of the characters, so that mm-hmm. when now that the stakes are high, other than the you know we I guess we don't want to see children getting murdered, like I don't care. <laughs> about about what's happening in this fight yeah and then the and then you know the the action itself sucks like oh yeah it's not it's not a good looking show (laughs) it's clear yeah i i I think in many ways i think under ninja here's the thing i'm not about to get out here and say you know if the under ninja anime had been given a real budget it really (laughs) would have like like no i'm not saying that i think under ninja is more failed by just the reality that this story just works better as a manga like Mm. I, I just, I think, or who knows? Maybe a really good adaptation would like do thing would enhance it in ways that I'm not like currently imagining. But like, under Ninja, the manga is not an action heavy series. It's not like, you know, like it's it it doesn't really benefit much from like visual spectacle. And I think just the way the anime is paced out also isn't doing it any favors, right? Because, like, the thing about, like, Under Ninja, the manga, is that, like, from chapter to chapter, it almost reads more like a slice of life 
where occasionally really fucked up shit happens. And then it goes back to like day drinking in their apartment. And I just, yeah, I think maybe anime is just not, is not the format for under Ninja. Cause like, I mean, I am still reading it. So like for some reason, the manga is working for me in ways yeah, that the I, anime I, is not, but um, I, I like the, the, the bits with them, like day drinking and just being dirt bags and stuff like that was, that that's the good stuff. And I feel like we didn't get much of that on screen. Like those, those were kind of like my, like I, I can I can I can see how this works. Like this yeah. it's just mm-hmm. something is not let's like the puzzle pieces are there and they did not assemble the puzzle correctly. <laughs> like that's what it kinda what it feels like to me. Just think, I will say right. there is one character in this show that I think actually has organically endeared <laughs> himself to the audience. It's Kuro. The problem yeah. is Kuro weirdly does not get a ton of screen time towards the end here. Right. right. We spent like a whole episode. episode and a half without him at all. Right. Right. And it's like Kuro is like legitimately a really funny protagonist because they play up how much of a dirtbag he is, right? Yeah. Like yeah. riding children with underwear and, and pissing himself because he has no shame, right? Like it's, yeah. it's like So in in weird ways, like Kuro is actually the one character where where you're like why would I like this piece of shit? And then by like episode nine, you're like, man, I love this piece of shit. And then <laughs> he kind of just doesn't show up. He's not doing that much. Yeah. I, I mean, I would argue throughout the whole show, he doesn't get enough screen time. Like yeah. they spend some, yeah. they spend so much time jumping around to like what happened a month ago and like all these other characters and like, but especially now when it should be like the big climactic moment, I think by the end of this second episode he's finally about about to do something before they roll the the credits right so like i will also say like maybe it's a joke that like i appreciated more in the manga um i'm not even sure it is a joke but like you were talking about like how like kind of garbage all the cool ninja stuff is yeah yes and i kind of think sometimes that's the point yeah no 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 that's the one i was gonna say the one joke i enjoyed in all this is the fact that they i do think they're very intentionally highlighting that under ninja has way better gear than the regular like all, ninjas right all of, ninja, all of nin's shit is kind of shit right like even escape the orbital laser has only worked once in this entire it, show. like like the, the the bit with the uh where where um this is this is where you know it was like definitely intentional the bit Calls where the sword where, right yeah where, where kuro gets the drone to bring him the sword yeah, and then the yeah. and then the girl has like a rocket that launches. <laughs> it's so good. It's so, so like that. Good. Yes, that the, okay. That one aspect like, like, was mm-hmm. very good. Like yes, those, that's one of those great bits where you're like, oh shit, what's he about to do with that ring? Right? Like, is he about to like? Are we gonna get like? Is he gonna summon some sort of like Metal Gear Rising crazy ass like cyber ninja rocket blade? No, it's just a katana drone sheet with- attached to a drone. That's yeah, yeah. and then he and turns on his, even... <laughs> then he turns on his invisibility hoodie that only makes his oh, top half invisible. Yeah, half. doesn't get his hands like. <laughs> yeah. ninja, yes, immediately summons there. Even like, also here's the thing: even the other ninja version, it's the same thing. It's just a rocket instead of a drone, which I guess is kind of cooler. But yes, <laughs> it's just a way to. I, I think I think it was framed. I think it was framed to look like it was like much better, even though functionally right. it's the same thing, right? But uh, 
You know, yeah. it's like same thing with like the box robot. It's like, wow, we have the technology to build a box mech. It's also complete dog shit. Doesn't yeah. fucking work. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, like there, there's there's pieces there. I I understand most of the time the sense of humor. Like I kind of like. It's just I. It has not been assembled into something. No, I, I do that agree. Works mm-hmm. <laughs> for me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way exactly, or if yeah, you feel it's higher up on it. But I'm probably a little higher on it than you. But it's also, it's like I'm like this show is a house of cards. It's like it's not really holding together in any way. I'm just broadly having a good time with the jokes, right? But it, <laughs> I mean, would you? I mean, would you? Like. Would you would you also agree that uh, you know like I'm ready for the show to be over like yeah I guess I'm like like I'm curious as to like how they're gonna wrap it up uh but I don't think I'm not curious enough to see what happens beyond that I'm I don't think uh yeah and it's like I don't know whatever like how will Kuro defeat this ninja juggernaut like yeah I don't know but it's yeah. And it's like whatever, um, I don't know, whatever we f- felt like they might be saying in the beginning about, you know, the working class, Kuro being mm-hmm. the working class hero here and all that. Like, that's all way gone out the window, uh, at least in the anime. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I I just, at this point, I feel like I'm getting nothing out of it. I'm just, uh, I'm kind of in the, well, I got one episode left. We got to finish it. But mm-hmm. I was even kind of really struggling to get through these two episodes of like, ugh let's get this get this done but um again disappointing because i just like i i see the pieces there yeah of something that could could have been a lot of fun um and it's just not not doing it for me alas yeah all right well how about a thankfully we can (laughs) end pretty strongly thankfully (laughs) we can end on something good um yeah so Let's talk about Pluto. I think because there were only three episodes left that we hadn't watched yet, we decided to just finish it because they're all out yeah. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pluto's really good, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns oh, out. Yeah? <laughs> um, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to tie everything up in the last episode in a satisfying way, but I guess when your last episode's an hour long, you have a little more leeway. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the way they've managed to like tie everything together somehow managed to throw in a last minute threat to the world. I mean, it's not really like <laughs> last last minute, but like the 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 signs were kind of there leading there, up to it, but like the details don't come out until like the there, last episode. There are definitely parts of Pluto where you realize. Oh, like these are things that Urasawa had to adapt from the original Osama Tezuka story. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Like, like, it's like certain things that like maybe don't quite mesh as elegantly as you would expect them to kind of show yeah. up because, well, that's what happened in the original story. And, you know, you, you can't you can't have a story about the world's strongest robots without Bora. So, yeah, uh, uh-huh. here he is. And Bora is, is greatly expanded in power level, let's say. Um, well, yeah, yes, I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to say the fact that they can throw that in there and it still doesn't feel like. Like I wasn't like disappointed or anything. Like I didn't I think, feel like it was. I, mm-hmm. I think even even when like that the far threat, out of place. 
Right. Like, I think even when the threat Boro represents to the world is introduced somewhat last minute, like, they do a good job of setting up all the other reveals that happened before that, and so yeah. it kind of feels like they flow naturally into each other. You know, we don't we don't need to, like, give the play-by-play of these last three episodes, right? Yeah, but it's This is kind of the moment where all the chips are kind of coming down, right? Um, you know, obviously the big one. Uh, again, spoilers for the ending of Pluto, or <laughs> the original Osamu Tezuka story, The World's Strongest Robot. Uh, Yeshik dies, right? He is he is killed mm-hmm. by, um, you know, he's assassinated. Or, well, not, not yes, about, by Pluto, not Pluto taking over. But, well, is it Pluto or is it Abula, right? Taking right. over the body mm-hmm. of um, the, 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 the handicapped robot that he meets yeah. in, in Persia. Right. So, you know, again. I, th- uh, I like, think uh, Epsilon also dies in this. Yes, yeah. Epsilon also yeah. also dies, and you know it, it's a shame that like we almost have to talk about these three episodes and our final thoughts because there's so many things I could say about like the passing of these two characters, right? The last two of the world's strongest robots, yeah. you know, like. <sighs> Here's the thing: as someone who did not read the original Tezuka story before I read Pluto, Geshik's death hit me like a truck, man. Like it's, it's so sudden, right? It's 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 yeah, like, like gunned down in the street, you know. And <laughs> and and they're able to kind of frame it in the in the anime because it's an anime, like where you know, like before you see oh, what yeah. happened, yeah. you know what happened. Yeah, like it's uh, it's it's yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, and like, and and then sort of like the way in which like Urasawa weaves that into Adam's resurrection, right? You know, they play up the whole like, oh, you know, we managed to retrieve the memory chip from Geshikt, right? And, you know, the whole, the whole like idea, right, is that Tezuka, uh, not Tezuka, <laughs> uh, Tenma, Dr. Tenma believes or knows that the only way to revive a catatonic robot is to induce un, unbal, imbalanced emotions into it, right? right? To essentially force a robot to go sicko mode. Um, <laughs> and so the theory, right, is that Geshikt must have felt such hatred in his heart the moment he died that that should be a sufficiently strong emotion to will Adam back to life, hungry for revenge against Pluto, who has now killed the other six strongest robots. You right, know, um, and then having the basically putting the trust in Adam to be able to handle it, right? Yes, right, and it's so good, right? Because Adam awakens his eyes, right? Those fucking dead eyes he has, right? Just filled with malice, and you, the viewer, are kind of like, "Oh shit, what have we done?" <laughs> right? Like we've turned, <laughs> like you know. The world's good little, good little boy, yeah. little good robot boy, into a fucking like murderer, right? Yeah. And they really kind of play up that tension until, of course, the reveal that Geshit's last emotion was not hatred; it was sorrow, right? It was, it was he, you know, Geshit felt so, so deeply sad about the human condition about the nature of the robots, right? The, the cycle of hatred and violence that allowed such tragedies to occur, right? The, the tragedy that he will never see his wife again. Right. And so those are the emotions that temper like the violence and hatred that also resided in Geshe and as a result in Adam and, 
Dog, I love when robots start musing about the human condition. It's my favorite yeah. thing in fiction. <laughs> I feel like, because, I mean, uh, you know, the whole transhumanism thing gets done a lot, and particularly we tend to encounter a lot of these stories because we like them, right? But I feel like this is definitely one of the best ones, in my opinion, like, as far as using it, you know, using it as a mirror on you know, the nature of humans and, you know, what makes people human and right. Um, and I find it interesting because it's a, it manages to convey very like, I don't know if it's a complex, but like heavy, meaningful themes in that, those areas. And, but mm-hmm. when I really think about it, like the story temple storytelling is very simple. Yeah. Like yeah. even the dialogue, like the dialogue is very like straightforward, almost blunt sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, there's there's no like there's surprises but like i don't know it it feels very like simple structured and everything but it's like like i there's no i i don't i am i don't think i'm doing a very good job of explaining this so i hope everyone kind of if you watch the show i hope you kind of understand the the vibes <laughs> i'm going for here on this but um you know the there, there's no like fancy dialogue or even when they do kind of info dump a little bit it doesn't you know there's not a lot too much of it you know it's it, but they still manage to come across it does it does not bother the, to obfuscate its themes oh, right sorry. yeah the, yeah there's no like there's not a lot of like what i would traditionally call like symbolism in an abstract way right i mean mm-hmm. um you know it's 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 pretty straightforward but it's it's so it's just so effective like I, I was thinking of one of the one of the um the moments that really stood out to me in the ending was when um adam meets with uh Geshek's wife right mm, yes and um he's like oh don't be silly robots can't lie and then proceeds to lie everything he yes. says after that <laughs> is a lie um uh-huh. and and like they like you know it. She knows it. She says it at the end. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. But it's it's. It, you know, it's a. It makes you think of a, a lot about you know the themes they're going. What, what the message they're trying to send here about you know the nature right. of humans and all that. But, um. So yeah, I mean, you get that. The the fight with Pluto is pretty cool. <laughs> um, There's exactly one fight in Pluto, and yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, it was yeah. certainly well animated. They yeah. they saved uh-huh. they uh, saved up for it. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I I, I want to shout out the moment that uh, uh, the, the they tell uh, Doctor Tenma to go touch grass. Um, <laughs> I, really I I do love Ochinomizu and the way he's portrayed in the story and like. Yeah. The way in which, yeah. like... That that moment ten... was great for him, where yes. he's like, you know... Because Tenma's kind of like... Everything Tenma's saying about, you know, basically uh-huh. you needing to have negative emotions to be human. That's part of being human. And, right. you know, which means basically saying, okay, but it also part of being human is, you know, standing up and, and fighting even even when it's, you know, seems hopeless yeah. and all that, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and in many ways, that even translates to, like... Like, Ochinomizu says something like, you know, it may be inevitable, but we still must try, right? Right. 
And then yeah. later, Adam right. also like, says... It's only, the world's only doomed in theory. Right, in theory. That's what he says. The world's only doomed in theory, right? And then Adam is like, I only have five minutes to fight Bora before I melt down. It should be impossible in theory, but I have to do it anyways. And that is a right. moment where you realize that Adam is now more Ochinomizu's son than Tenma, right? Right. Like... It's mm-hmm. it's a really great way to communicate like how like because again Ochinomizu doesn't get that much screen time in in Pluto but every time he is on screen you kind of get the feel for like how much of Adam's humanity was imparted mm-hmm. on him by his like foster you know father caretaker yeah and how much of Adam's inherent goodness his his inherent compassion for his fellow man and robot comes from Ochinomizu as well and. And so it means that, like, Pluto, like, it's a very, it's a very dour work, right? It's a very cynical one. I mean, the ending of the story is literally Adam, like, looking at the camera and saying, like, can the human condition ever, like, change? And all Ochinomizu can say is, I don't know. I hope pretty, so. Pretty right? damning, but, pretty damning condemnation of the United States as well. But oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> right, like the show also makes sure to make you understand in the last episode, right? Like, yes, did Abula create Goji, who then in turn becomes the new Abula? Right? Did he put Sahad into Pluto? Did Pluto kill the six greatest robots on Earth? Yes, but. Who predicated this, right? Mm-hmm. Who allowed it to happen? And then who knowingly abetted in it? It was America. It was the United <laughs> States of America, its president, and its super AI entombed inside of a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, again, just... We, t- we already talked about how bold this would have been to mm-hmm. a statement in 2003, right? But yeah, it's yeah. Just- there's no un- very like no uncertain terms about that no, like, in, in that aspect of it. But yeah, it's it's wild. The story's just core thesis. Like at the end of the day, it can all be agreed. America is largely squarely to blame for the problems and conflicts in the Middle East. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Basically, <laughs> it's true. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, but, yeah, Pluto. It's I. I'm amazed they pulled it off, man. Like, yeah. I I think, you know, broadly, you know, I, I still probably prefer the manga, but I think the anime does an exemplary job of capturing, like, the best things about that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is there anything you think they could have done better? I mean, other than, I, I mean, it there is There is just... one. Okay. <laughs> that I realized had been fully excised mm. from the show as we watched the last episode. Okay. There's a scene in the manga where Dr. Ochinomizu is on the phone discussing prototype, a prototype uh, <laughs> flying car uh, with, with the investors or whoever like is responsible for the manufacturing of his inventions. And the manufacturer wants to remove the flappy dog ears that are attached to the <laughs> roof of this flying car. And Dr. Ochinomizu is vehemently arguing that no, the flappy dog ears must stay on the car, that it's core <laughs> to the design and appeal of the Ochinomizu designed flying car. This scene is Excellent. nowhere to be seen in um, the okay. Pluto anime. <laughs> That is that is extremely disappointing. Uh-huh. 
God, I, I forgot about I, that. Ira, how about you? What do you, what do you think as, as far as the adaptation? Uh, it seems solid. Uh, I think there's definitely that dip in the middle episodes where, like, you can tell they put all of the money into the first episode and the last, ep- like, the last two episodes. And it's, like, around episode three and four, I remember I was watching and being like, oh, this is kind of doesn't look that great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which like yeah, that's it, just it how not, anime is, I guess. But it did not look amazing all all the time for right. sure. And like, I, I mean, it never looked it bad. Have to, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I never thought it looked. I never thought it looked bad, but there were definitely like mm-hmm. like I feel like the last episode looked a lot better than you know. I mean, like a lot. A of, lot yeah. Most most of the show is just a adult men standing in rooms talking. So. <laughs> right, yes. Our so, favorite genre of anime. Our favorite genre of show. Um, yeah. Middle-aged, so middle-aged like, men uh, talking about doesn't always have to look, doesn't always have to look super good. But um, yeah. but I think even at its quieter moments, sometimes it still does not, like, the fidelity is still not, not quite there. But, yeah. but I think broadly, like, I mean, Pluto was, like, number one on many of our lists of, like, this is never getting an anime. Like, it can't be done. Like, mm-hmm. just just straight up. And the fact that they pulled it off, and they pulled it off pretty well, I think yeah. is worthy of, of applause, honestly. Like, it's... It, it is, like, such an ambitious story to, to tackle. And the fact that they mostly stuck the landing, I think, is... Is, is really awesome. Um, I... Yeah. I, I like Pluto is one of those like I'm going to be clear I don't th- no Pluto is obviously not the first our robots people story right clearly not right like it's it comes in a long line of this type of story but when you think about it being released in 2003 and then you think about like what comes out after that like Pluto mm-hmm. is in many ways the progenitor of the specific approach to this style story of like sad robots being melancholy about the human condition. <laughs> like, like you don't get to near Automata without something like Pluto being there first, right? Oh, yeah. I, like, I was I was thinking about the, like, the end credits of Near Automata and the song and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally, yeah, that's yeah. literally what Ochi Mizu just said, right? Like, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's cool. It's cool to have it, like, shown, you know, have it here for a modern audience, you know? It, it's depressing how much of it still hits, but it's <laughs> the, the yeah. A lot of it's of that still extremely poignant, uh, as mm-hmm. you know. We talked about when we first talked about the show, just but between both the the AI conversations going on and then the current situation uh, in the yeah. Middle East, uh, it's some of the imagery was like, oh my god, you, that's what's we're just i just saw that on the news 10 minutes yeah. ago right yeah uh you know so and oh go ahead yeah just again kind of depressing that it's still that relevant but yeah and and before we like close this here i i do want to bring up something that Eero brought up to me the other day uh if you want to talk about it like um, what did i bring to the other day <laughs> sorry i i was trying to tee this up for you like pluto is this amazing story right like it's this amazing telling of like you know, robots as people, and, and maybe maybe more importantly, right? Like, I think often, like, here's the thing. We love it when a robot asks, what does it mean to be human? I think mm. we all love it even more when the robot was always human and only begins to realize it, you know, 
as the story progresses, right? Mm-hmm. Like the role, you know, Geshicht, all of them, Adam, Geshicht, all of them, they were, they were human from episode one, right? They were always people, right? Like whether they yeah. believed it themselves or not, right? They mm-hmm. had these feelings in them. Whether the people, right? whether the people around them believed it or not. like Exactly. Yeah. And so I love it for those reasons. And, yeah. you know, a lot of this is in that original Tezuka story too, right? Right, yeah. Like, I think I think it's very easy to look at Pluto because of its very self-serious presentation and go, wow, Pluto really cleaned up that old Tezuka story. And it's like, <laughs> no, bro, the original Tezuka story is about a deposed Middle Eastern leader hungry right. for revenge against the Western powers that wronged him. <laughs> yeah. You'll have wants to, to uh, wants to kill all of the world's strongest robots to prove that they have the world's strongest robot. Uh, you know? You'll have to point me to where I can read that. Yeah, I'll I've I'll look into that for you later. Finished the show, but mm-hmm. um, and look, obviously yeah. the story is simpler because you know Tezuka was writing for a different time period and audience, but like, right? You know, so much of that is just there, and it's like. You know, mm-hmm. Tezuka was just as much informed by the politics of his time as Urasawa was by his, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's impressive how, like, thematically on point that makes Pluto. At, at what point would he have written that? Would that have been in the 60s? I'm just trying oh, to boy. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to look it up, right? Like... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Let's the, see yeah. here. It would have been in, uh, yeah, 64-ish. 64 to 65 was that arc. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's like depressing mm-hmm. as some of these things are still relevant, but also maybe, to, hey, maybe that will, in the big in the big picture of history, not that long ago. So, yeah. <laughs> um, depends on how you look at it, I guess. Either way. Um, yeah, just really impressed with Pluto. I know as we are getting into our uh, best anime anime of the year discussion. Yeah. It'll it'll be in my discussion for sure. <laughs> uh, I have I have not done my list yet, even as we're rapidly approaching that time. But yeah, it's in the run. Who went out in the end? Sad robots or sad Vikings? Snakes. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, <laughs> I I will say I still have like half of. Vinland Saga season two left to watch fair, like halfway fair. through it. So I'm going to, I cannot think of a worse show you would, you would want to marathon. <laughs> Just yeah. like it's too yeah. like dour. Or like, <laughs> yeah. uh, have you, have I mean, you, have you watched it Artemis at all or. Oh yeah. I watched the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When, when it was airing. Yeah. I can't remember. remember and, and, one, and once a week, once a week was almost too much for me. Yeah. yeah. If you remember some of those conversations <laughs> we had on the podcast about some of those episodes. Like, yeah. So I can't imagine yeah. trying to shotgun those in quick succession. Unfortunately, yeah. that is the uh, reality I'm forced with at the moment mm. if I want to finish it before the end of the year here. So um, I'm going to probably have to marathon that in the next uh, couple days here. Well, you know, between um, Pluto and Vinland Saga, really just drowning yourselves in the depths of human misery. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to need an anime break after uh, <laughs> this week, I think. But Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe save the last episode of Spy Family till after that, just so yeah. you have something <laughs> to finish off with that yeah. doesn't want to. Palette cleanser. Make you drown yourself in the bathtub or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, because I've got uh, oh god, I think I'm supposed to have my my post done by like uh, Saturday boy. or something. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm plugging away. Uh, I I haven't even written anything yet. I have like an outline, but yeah, it's uh. Fortunately, I'm off this week. I'm off from work this week, so I'll have some time. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I think probably for the podcast for this year. I haven't quite worked out the schedule, but I, I think we're probably not going to be able to record next uh, time. I... We normally would. But yeah. um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think next time we you see us, we'll probably be talking top 10. That'll be uh, exciting. I I don't know what's going to win yet. No idea. But uh, we'll see. So just general housekeeping. Uh, you can check us out at theglorioblog.com. Follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog and on co- uh, co-host at Glorio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, Ring that notification bell. You know, leave a leave us a comment on you know your favorite shows this season and uh, what you're looking forward to next season and whatever you whatever you want. There, just it's all the same for the algorithm. And then uh, <laughs> tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. <laughs>